You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host, and let's discuss some TCU football. Uh, recording this on a Tuesday evening, it's airing on Wednesday. Some insight in your notes from Drew Davidson today from the Support Works Our Telegram that I thought were intriguing. One, I won't spend a lot of time on it because we've kind of discussed it the last few days, but all signs are pointing to Zach Evans leaving Fort Worth and joining another team. Maybe Old Miss, they're a group that's getting a lot of uh, buzz in the Zach Evans sweepstakes. But yeah, I mean, whatever happens, which is the best, obviously, I think it's pretty obvious um, that he's probably not going to be in a TCU uniform next year. So we'll have to replace that production somehow. I mean, Zach didn't play a ton, um, especially once he started dealing with that injury. Kendra Miller obviously coming back. DeMarco Foster uh, possibly coming back from injury. And then once you get past those guys, I mean, it's kind of up in the air who might be there. So I would expect maybe some movement in the transfer portal from that running back position on TCU side, bringing somebody in. But, yeah, it appears that Zach Evans will probably be moving on. And I don't think that's really a surprise to anybody given how this has played out over the last month or so. Um, One thing, one nugget Drew did drop, though, and it doesn't necessarily shock me because we haven't heard anything quite yet. And there's still plenty of time to declare for the NFL draft. But usually, you know, once a season ends for a guy, which in um, any TCU player's case was about a month ago, they sort of weigh their options and whether or not they're going to come back. Travis Hodges Tomlinson. Um, might be back as a corner next year. Now, he's he's got the opportunity to go to the NFL if he wants. Uh, but according to, to Drew, looks like he might be coming back. So that would be pretty huge. You know, I talked a lot last offseason about how excited I was uh, for the secondary play. And, of course, that did not pan out. That unit really struggled. I thought they'd be really good at the corner position. You know, Ken Stewart earlier in the offseason went in the transfer portal, but then he came back. Uh, we'll see if THC comes back. But if those guys are available, you know, we'll see what happens with Noah Daniels. I mean, there's a lot of potential there. And I'll be curious to sort of see how the new uh, corners coach, Carlton Buckles, will work those guys in and out and who he might favor, you know, what kind of qualities he's looking for in a corner. But that would be pretty huge if you could get Tomlinson back for another season. Um, he struggled at times last year, but I still think he had a good seat, a good year. Uh, you know, his size is a factor as far as projecting the next level, projecting the NFL. So some more time. Getting on film would be big. And, and this defense just needs all the help it can get, frankly. I mean, that's that's my biggest concern for, for next year specifically. I think the offense will improve one way or the other just because that's what this coaching staff, that's what Sonny Dykes has done in just about every stop they've been at. Um, defensively, though, even though I like Joe Gillespie, I think he's a sharp guy. I think – um, moving to a 3-3-5 will be a good thing for the program overall. It's going to be a transition, and this was a defense that just got absolutely shredded in all aspects last year, uh, mainly in the run game, but also you know in the passing game and getting big plays over the top. So possibly Travis Hodges Tomlinson coming back. That would be pretty massive, him in the secondary, along with some of the other experienced corners that they have there. Also, this dropped earlier today. Um, Jackson Player, who is the big defensive tackle transfer 
from Tulsa that I've mentioned uh, a couple times this week. He dropped his top five as he is, you know, weighing his options in the portal at the moment. And the top five schools that he uh, mentioned were TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Arkansas. Now, of course, TCU, the connection there, Joe Gillespie was his defensive coordinator at Tulsa. Um, he played with Travis Hodges Tomlinson, and, you know, he, it would be closer to home, um, even though there's another option that's even closer to where Jackson grew up. But TCU's in the mix here. Baylor, the connection there is that um, he would be right there in his backyard. He grew up in Waco, and he'd get to work with, uh, you know, Dave Aranda and Ron Roberts, who have done a good job with defensive linemen and defensive players in general. Um, OU, Arkansas, and Oklahoma State in the mix as well. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be tough. I think he'll be a huge addition, though, in more ways than one. Um, but mainly just sort of solidifying that interior defensive line, bringing some leadership, bringing some experience, bringing some ability to understand how this defense runs, you know, what is asked of those guys that are working on the interior and that one technique and that three technique over the center and that nose guard position. That's a huge part of what you want to do. I mean, in this defense, you want to try to get pressure with your three defensive linemen. And that's a, a tall task because you're outnumbered, obviously. But having somebody who can push, uh, you know, push the pile, push the pocket back in the middle is a super disruptive force. Um, and hopefully Jackson could be that guy for TCU. But a lot of competition there, so we'll keep an eye on that. You know, no word. I, I talked about Jared Wiley yesterday, um, a tight end from Texas who is originally from Temple and played with Quentin Johnston. Uh, he's another guy to, to keep an eye on. But they're still doing work in the transfer portal, and they're still doing work uh, as far as high school guys go as well. You know, we'll see if they add a couple of high school players um, on that second signing day. But we're getting closer to February. We'll also see a lot of movement on transfers really all off season. Um, so don't necessarily get caught up and they need to get all these guys signed in the next month or so, even though it'd be beneficial if they could just from a, you know, continuity standpoint, but Jackson player has TCU in his top five. Travis Hodges Tomlinson possibly coming back. looks like signs are pointing towards him uh, coming back to play another season at TCU and Zach Evans, the talented running back. Feels like and looks like he's probably going to move on. No official announcement yet, but those are some of the news and notes that we've been waiting on and, and sort of searching through and sifting through today. Coming up next, I want to talk about a former frog that's in the NBA and is making some huge waves and making some huge things happen. We'll also talk about TC Women's Basketball and a schedule update for them. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, segment two here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. A quick update on women's basketball. Another unfortunate situation coming down today. Now, they were dealing with a COVID outbreak uh, that they seem to have under control. They hit the floor against SMU, and it was not a good game. They unfortunately got blown out uh, by the Ponies on Sunday. But we're looking to return to the floor um, on the road against Baylor uh, tonight, Wednesday. And it came out today that that game has been postponed as well. Now, this time it's not because of an outbreak on TCU side. It's an outbreak on the Baylor side. Uh, Baylor only had 10 players available. He decided not to uh, 
play tonight. So no game this evening, um, which would put their next game Saturday, January 8th against Iowa State, who's ranked and is always pretty good. And then making up their Big 12 opener on Monday against Kansas. And I, I don't have a date yet for when they'll play that Baylor game. But um, just really tough when you're stopping and starting like that. And they were they were coming off an emotional win, a good win against Texas A&M before the holiday break and then the shutdown. And then come back. That did not go well. Chance to sort of hit the floor and maybe um, get in a better rhythm on Wednesday. And now you can't do that because Baylor's dealing with their own COVID issues. So just a, a tough situation. And we'll see, you know, when they hit the floor again. Hopefully it'll be on Saturday against Iowa State and then they can move forward from there. But this is uh, – it's happening again. You know, we're, we're seeing more games canceled, practice canceled, things shut down because of COVID in the sports world. And uh, it's unfortunate. But hopefully this is not uh, a trend that continues as – everyone sort of gets more accustomed to um, this variant and, and everything that comes with it. But uh, no uh, no game tonight between TCU and Baylor women's basketball as the Baylor uh, team is dealing with a COVID outbreak. Um, I want to talk a little NBA basketball right now. And, you know, Desmond Bain is in his second year in Memphis. And he is playing outstanding. He is playing at such a high level. You know, I remember him going into the draft and being excited for him, thinking, hey, here's a guy that can really shoot. Uh, you know, he turned himself into a great three-point shooter. Somebody could use him. I was a little surprised that he was getting, like, late first-round grades, but I was happy for him. We talked with uh, C.J. Moore, actually, on the podcast, who covers Big 12 basketball for the Athletic, and he did a piece on Desmond and just followed him around and kind of discussed his work ethic, you know, what drives him, who he is. And he had a really good rookie season, but he was mainly sort of a role player for, for the Grizzlies. Somebody that came off the bench, could provide some scoring for them. But, I mean, now, like, he is legitimately, like, the second-best player on this team. And this is a good Grizzlies team. This is a Grizzlies team that could make the playoffs. Um, Bain's averaging 17 points a game, four rebounds, two assists. But more importantly, you look at his shooting numbers, He's shooting 40% from three this year, um, 41% from three, 46% from the field. You know, last season he averaged 12 points a game. This season we're about halfway through the year, and he's averaging uh, 17.6 points per game. And uh, his name is coming up time and time again. I saw on, you know, I'm recording this on Tuesday, so on Tuesday night I was looking around and Mavericks fans have been kicking themselves or really trying to kick the Mavericks franchise for not taking Desmond. If they had an opportunity, an opportunity to do that, they ended up taking Tyrell Terry from Stanford, and that has not really worked out for uh, Mark Cuban and Dallas. But that's always been the team that's sort of been like, man, I wish I wish they they would have taken Desmond Bain. Like, he would have fit in perfectly with Luka. He could have played off the ball. He could have shot the ball. He wouldn't have been – you know, relied on as much necessarily to score, but he could have been a really good role player for that team. Um, and tonight, Memphis is taking on uh, Utah. And so that was a big game. And I saw that there was a Utah fan who was tweeting, like, man, I really wish we had Desmond Bain. Like, this team can ball. Um, I wish we had Desmond. And an NBA writer replied to it and was like, yeah, there could be a, a bot account of just – every fan base in the league saying, I wish we would have drafted Desmond Bain. Like he's, he's almost become one of the best players 
out of that draft class. He has been fantastic. And this is huge. Like TCU basketball, I mean, you have Kurt Thomas. Um, I know Lee Nalen was a great player. But there's not really much pedigree, especially at the next level, especially when we're talking about the NBA. And Kenrich Williams is doing a nice job for the Thunder. Now, I know Oklahoma City is, is really struggling. That's not a good team. Um, they're one of the worst teams in the league. But I saw some buzz for Kenrich the other day where, you know, an NBA writer was talking about he might be somebody that gets some some trade looks because he's become a really good three-point shooter. He's a great defender. He has great effort, as we saw at his time at TCU. He still has a lot of those qualities. So there are contenders that are sort of looking at him like, okay, this is a guy we could add. He would fit into the rotation seamlessly. He would be someone that could step in and, and fill in this role nicely. Um, so he's doing his thing. And then you have Desmond Bain, who's becoming one of the stars in this league. And um, it's just big for the school. It's big for the brand. Uh, this is a basketball program that I feel like is still trying to build some momentum towards, you know, respectability, towards not being uh, just a random team in the Big 12 Conference, but having an identity, having something they can hang their hat on. And a huge part of that is going to be developing players. And um, this is a great development story for Jamie Dixon and company. I mean, Desmond was not a highly rated recruit. He came in, he worked really hard, he stuck around for, you know, entire college career and developed into a really good player who's gone on and now to have a great start to an NBA career and was drafted in the first round. And that's all you can ask for when you're talking about um, a program that's at the level CCU is that right now where they're trying to sort of establish and build a brand. So just wanted to give him some love. I might try to get Sean Coleman who has locked on Grizzlies back on later in the year talk about what Desmond's doing and just how good he's been for Memphis. But he's having an outstanding season, scoring, shooting the ball, uh, doing a little bit of everything for the Grizz. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have our Big 12 roundtable. Uh, again, Locked on Horn Frogs is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.